0: This episode is brought to you by Pittsburgh Comics, recently named one of the best comic book stores by the Pittsburgh City Paper. Pittsburgh Comics is the premier comic shop in the South Hills of Pittsburgh, located in McMurray, conveniently near Route 19 and Route 79. Pittsburgh Comic carries a large collection of new and back-issue comics, trade paperbacks, graphic novels, games, statues, action figures, and more. Don't forget Comics Perks! With the Comics Perks program, you can earn points on every purchase you make in the store. You get a point for every dollar spent, and every 100 points can be redeemed for $10 off a future purchase. Go to pittsburghcomics.com for more, or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The comic book pit? Okay. Okay.
1: recording officially this is our our one summer episode (laughs) summer uh, comic book pit summer break edition (laughs) we're 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 both recording from camp
0: yeah you know the it's like the all the mandates have been lifted so we went outside i think that's what happened (laughs) you know I think that we we were allowed. We were like, "Let's go." Sorry to everyone that wanted to talk comics. That's right. <laughs> Jared's probably at a baseball game. I bet if he if he's missing this, uh, so. he could be. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the schedule is
1: this week, but he could be. It's very possible. Yeah, it's been a it's been a good summer so far for for. Uh, sports and outdoor stuff. It's been hot, little rainy, but the weather is getting better this week. So that's good. Yeah. So, and that's your weather report from WCBP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. WCBP radio, in radio FM. Yeah. Back to you in the studio. It's Dan yeah. and the Duke. <laughs> yeah. well, for your morning radio drive. And here is foreigner with, it feels like the first time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Dan, 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 Dan. Duke, Duke, Duke.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. All right. This is not Morning yeah. Drive Radio. This is nah, yeah. the comic book pit. And it's episode 386. I'm Dan. And I'm the Duke, a.k.a. The Scott. That's right. A.k.a. the Toy Master General. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. that's a story for here, another to time. Repair, here to repair your toys
1: there you go that 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 there you go that's your business name the toy master general
0: that's a good name yeah there you go you have that one for free see i i said that i i, I said that that you are good at coming up with good names <laughs> i told i told uh evan and ray that the other day <laughs> i'll take it I'll you take are it. good with good names Thank you. I was like, don't don't try to steal any um, you know Berg influenced you know from Dan because he will outdo you. You know, yep. berg influenced names. That's a it's a you gotta And they're like, really? And I'm like comic book pit? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. That's all you gotta say, comic book pit. That's that's
1: that's our yeah. you know, it's our claim to fame. Yes, we're uh, we're back and Just wanted to say we wouldn't be here without our amazing sponsors. I just wanted to give a shout out uh, to New Dimension Comics, uh, one of our great sponsors. And we like to keep you updated with uh, different events they have going on, just to let you know that they have a sale at their Butler store on August 7th, celebrating 20 years in Butler. It's crazy. Uh 50% off all dollar books, 10% off all games, toys, and graphic novels. Some exclusions may apply. Also, another thing, it's it's not a sale per se, but it's going on indefinitely. And maybe I mentioned this last year because uh they they first came up with this thing called the comic clearance cave. And oh. It's a it's in a kind of a very nondescript location in Elwood city, maybe like a a few blocks away from their Elwood city store. Mm -hmm. What it is, is it's, it's an old VFW building that is uh, no longer obviously a VFW building. It's actually either owned or leased by new dimension comics. And what they do is literally every Saturday this year, until it gets too cold to be there because the building is not heated, you can dig for twenty five cent comics all day. well, it's it's just literally it's a building full of long boxes and they're all twenty five cents each. Wow, and that's that's literally every Saturday at the VFW comic cave in Elwood city. Uh, the hours are actually noon to five and they're 25 cents each or for $70. You can fill a long box.
0: Oh, wow. That is pretty cool. That is cool. I think I did go there one time, but it was cold. It was definitely in the fall, like late fall Mm -hmm. or something. And it was very cold, but we had a good time digging.
1: And there are a couple of things to keep in mind. Like I said, first of all, it's not heated, but that also means in the summer, there's no AC. So you, so no matter when you go there, you got to dress appropriately. Second thing, pretty sure there's no electricity in the building. So now there is a fair amount of natural light that comes in. They did encourage people to bring flashlights if needed, or like use a flashlight on your phone. I didn't feel that was necessary when I was looking for comics, but you know, if you go there on a cloudy day, you might also no bathrooms. So either empty yourself before you get there or make sure you can, you know, if if you have to take a break, make sure you put your comics somewhere safe while you go to the bathroom. And I'm pretty sure they only do cash at that location.
0: I think you're right. It's like there's a bouncer at the door and you pay him on your way out. That's right. Exactly. So those are all (laughs)
1: things to keep in mind. If you decide to go to the comic cave at the VFW, it is a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's kind of bizarre. It's kind of like, it's one, definitely one of those situations where you got to have this pure innate love of comic books to just sit there and dig through the worst of the worst boxes of comics. I shouldn't say the worst of the worst because I came out of there. I think when I went last year, I I took my brother-in-law with me. He only found a couple of things, but he's not really a big comic book guy. He just went just for something to do because we were still in law. It was still technically lockdown, but like Mm. people were doing things masked and you know safely and stuff. He just wanted to go do something, so I invited him to this, and I I probably came home with. I don't know, twenty or thirty comics, you know, maybe even That's more. Not I made that
0: one a quarter apiece. Yeah, you know, so it's not even a ten dollar, ten dollar bill. Right. So. It, it might have even been
1: more because I, I, I think I spent nearly twenty bucks. So, the, oh, it, well, there you so go. then I guess it must have been way more than twenty or thirty comics. But yes, you did well. Yes. But yeah, so I would, you know, if 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 you love the thrill of the hunt, the thrill of finding that potential diamond in the rough. And if you love to do it on the cheap, like I said, the the VFW Comic Cave is the place to go every Saturday, 12 to 5. Check it out. Scott, I'll see you there. (laughs) Not this weekend. Uh, No, not this weekend. This weekend, I think we're, well, we're, I'm setting up there. I think you guys are coming just to shop, right? Yep. We got the.
0: We'll be shopping at the Too Groovy toy show. Yep. In Munhall. Pretty easy to find if you're looking for it online. Too groovy,
1: too groovy toy show. Yeah, it's a, it, awesome. it's a fun show. Um, they obviously didn't have it last year because of the lockdown. We went the year before, and it's a lot of fun. It's just toys. <laughs> it's, just, toys. it's just a nice small toy show. It's not crazy. I think this year there may only be – I think last year there were probably – or two years ago maybe there were like – Maybe like fifty vendors. Yeah, I think this year I think they've they've cut that significantly because they wanted to space out everybody. They, oh, okay. Um, I saw a picture that they posted a picture of the table setup of the show. That um, they posted it this week, and you can see they made like nice big wide aisles for people to walk, and there's there's a lot of space in between vendor tables. So like. You're not like, you know, sometimes you, you, you set up at one of these shows and your neighbor behind you, you guys are so close. You're practically like, you know, sharing a snack. Yeah. You guys are like literally back to back. This one, th- this time, it looks like you could, you, you you know, you could almost walk like two people shoulder to shoulder in between all the vendor tables. So That's awesome. Yeah, well, that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it.
0: It's It's a good show like just for anybody that wants to you know really enjoy some casual shopping too for some old toys. I mean it's it's a it's so good. Yeah, we will definitely be there. So let me ask Scott,
1: as our as our resident toy guy. Uh do you have a uh do you have an agenda? Is there is there anything you're looking for? What's your what's your what's what's the one thing you want to you want to find at a toy show these days?
0: I don't even know anymore cuz I so I did I did give you the the, the backstory on like cuz I collect vintage Star Wars and there's there is very few items left that I actually need to still acquire at some point. And like any of those would be like a grail, you know, like the grail piece, you know, mm-hmm. like you find. But like um the blue the blue Snaggletooth figure is probably you know my unicorn, you know, right mm-hmm. now that I'm trying to chase. So if I see one, you know, but but like the prices on online are outrageous and i just i just really don't want to pay that you know the crazy numbers they are now but you never know like at a toy show you don't know like somebody might be like i ah, just people are like hey i don't like the prices on ebay either so this is like a real price which is pretty awesome you know mm-hmm. and if you're there you have a chance at it you know like that's how i look at it like you're the, then you're there instead of like on ebay where you know, they give you a week and everybody lines up and then everybody throws money at, at it, you know, but if you're at a toy show and people are like, Oh, it's too far or something like that or too early to get up. Well, then they're out of line, you know, they're out. Right. You know, So like, you're the only, then you're the buyer, you know, and (laughs) it's like nice. And and, like, there's a rush to that too. You know, like, like, I don't, I don't want to find one that's like curated, you know, like I, I want, I want like, I want a blue snaggle tooth. that looks like a kid had enjoyed when he was a kid and it's got chips, paint chips, Something whatever. Lo- looks like you it know? was,
1: it was well played with and Well loved.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, like that, that whole quality control stuff that happens when people grade figures. I, I don't care. Like, cause I'll, I'll put it up in my big star Wars display of, of items, you know, and he'll probably be doing something goofy in it, you know. Like it's just one of, them, it's one of those fun things to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, vintage Star Wars is my is my biggest jam. Like that's what I enjoy searching for, you know. And then anything else is just kind of like if it's a neat a neat item, I'm like, oh, I I didn't know I wanted that, you know. Like some like a you know like a secret what like Speed Racer. It's like oh, I'm a fan. I like Speed Racer, <laughs> but I don't like, I don't have a. A hoard of it.
1: Yeah, but I'm like, you're not a collector, but if you yeah. see something that piques your interest.
0: Yeah, it's like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so then, like, it's mainly, like, what am, what can I see? And also, just because I'm really, like, I think I'm just invested in, like, toy collecting in general, that I like to see what people have, mm-hmm. to see what's current and popular. So then, like, it's almost like a fact-finding mission, too, like, to go out and see what people are, are hawking, so. It is
1: funny that, like, and, and I, I'm sure we've had this conversation before on this show at some point. And we've been doing this for a dozen years. But like, you know, all the stuff we had somewhere along the way, we either got rid of it, lost it, threw it away. And now we're chasing it again. Right. It's just it's really bizarre, whether it's comics or toys.
0: You know, what? one thing and also like the, you go through changes in your life. So like one thing that happened for me was I had all this Star Wars stuff in boxes, but I didn't. Because I lived in an apartment, they were literally like a box, a line of boxes along my wall, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what, what was in them, you know, so like when I moved into a bigger place, I opened them all, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I gotta put these on display, and then I'm like, oh, I don't have that, you know, like, so then I was like going to the toy stores and trying to find the stuff I never bought, you know, or never had when I was a kid, Yeah, and I tried to fill in the blanks. Or like I'm like I thought I had an Ewok village, and, and my my mom's like I, my mom's like I don't remember if you had any you know I know you had one but I don't know what happened to it and I'm like she goes I just remember when you went to college you wanted to get rid of stuff and I'm like that doesn't sound like me I don't get rid of things
1: it probably yeah. it probably went out on a on a folding table on a weekend yard sale and someone sold you know sold it for a buck. Yeah.
0: Right. So then, you know, but years later I end up getting one and I'm like, all right, you know, I'm back, you know, put it back up, set it up. Mm -hmm. Then I got to buy all the Ewoks for it, you know, and all that. So next thing you know, you have the entire forest moon of Endor in your, in your display. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, you definitely, you've, you've, you've got me beat on the, on the toy display section. I've, I've got a few select pieces I think for me I, I I'm I'm definitely on the comic display yeah. side you know I've got oh, my
0: spinner rack I mean that well
1: that's the thing that's I, awesome. yeah I got the spinner rack and I like to to showcase you know instead of like putting my key issues in a box and putting them away like I actually put them out so I could see them I want to yeah. enjoy looking at them you know I want to I mean, like, why do I have this stuff? I mean, yeah, maybe I'm not going to sit there and read it every day, but it's just fun to. Every couple of days, I just I I rotate the spinner rack, and it's it's sitting right in front of my desk, and I can look up and I can just look at all these awesome covers. And then a couple of days later, I you know I rotate it again, and it's fun to look at this stuff. You know,
0: I actually do that because I buy pop figures too, mostly Star Wars. Big surprise. <laughs> But I but I do rotate my collection off the wall, like so if I get some new stuff I, I get to a certain point and then I take down the older stuff. Okay. So that way it's always fresh, you know, like a fresh wall of stuff to look at. So what's uh okay, so so you got a big
1: pop collection. What would you say and you don't have to say the you know the the, the value, but what
0: would you say is your most valuable pop? I do have one. Okay. Um, it's Biggs dark lighter from the original Star Wars movie. Oh, okay. He, he was the uh, you know, Luke's friend.
1: Yeah, with the with the with the Tom Selleck mustache.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he's the best bush pilot in the in the you know whatever. Oh yeah, he he
1: they they had
0: the, he's in that deleted scene. He's in the deleted scene. Yeah. So they made they made four hundred and eighty pops of him, and that was it. They did it for San Diego, and I it in a raffle i'll just say that i want it in a raffle cool and it's worth quite a bit wow because there's only 480 so okay i typically don't go out and buy ones that are like high valued like i you know it's more like you try to buy the ones that you think are gonna 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 become high valued Mm -hmm. someday and you know that's what you try to go for mostly if you're you know if you're an investment collector i should say uh, the next highest, actually, I can tell you, the next highest one, I think, is Captain Rex, which is crazy, but it, mm. was a, it was a Hot Topic exclusive. Literally, like, we were waiting at the door. They opened. You know, it was one per customer. And the first six people in the door got one. And they never got them in again. Wow. Like, I don't know why. It's it's un, unusual that that would even happen. Mm-hmm. But they were just gone that morning from, for everybody. So, like, that that pop is now worth like, I think $400. Wow. Because just because of the way it turned out, you know, and it's like, everybody likes captain Rex from the clone war cartoons. So that's, Mm. that's also like drove the price. So, but I'm like, yeah, no, I got mine and I'm, I'm not getting rid of it, (laughs) (laughs) but if I ever need cash, Hey,
1: yeah, uh, that's, that is, you know, one thing that's nice about, you know, a lot of these collectibles is there's, there's obviously a, a very willing market out there for a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So if we ever, yeah, if you ever find yourself in dire straits and you're you know, like, oh, I got to liquidate some of this nerd stuff. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. You just liquefy a box of stuff and. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good to go. Pay your bills,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> or you know, some people would like just buy more stuff, right? And you know, I, that's what I've kind of kind of hit a saturation point too with toy shows because I've I've gotten most of the hard to get things, and then the stuff that I need, I still am looking for is super hard to get. So I don't even buy at every show anymore. Like a lot of times, I just look and I'm like, oh no, you know, nothing this time. Right. But it's gotten to that point, so. You got to go to the hotel, you know, the hotel sales, you know, like at at Star Wars Celebration and, you know, hang out in front of a a secret sales room, you know, to get the good stuff (laughs) now.
1: So like a like a like a action figure, like like a speakeasy where you got to knock three times and someone slides back the what's the
0: password? It is like that. They're like, are you a vendor? Did you bring things? Do you have what do you have? You know, (laughs)
1: because
0: they, you know, it's crazy. And it's like, the, uh, you know, like they open up a suitcase and there's like action figures in it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: you know, guys walking around with an overcoat and he pulls it back instead of watches. It's a bunch of like, you know, action figures hanging yeah. there, you know? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Oh my God. It's real. But yeah. anyway, uh...
1: believe it. This week's episode of comic book pit is brought to you by thriftberg. Do you need a gift that's more interesting than a gift card? Are you looking to reclaim a piece of your childhood? Thriftburg is your online stop for all things vintage and nostalgic. From the 1950s to the 1990s, they have everything from retro kitchen, dining, and barware to action figures, games, books, pop culture, collectibles, and more. Comic Book Pit listeners also get 10% off their purchase of $20 or more with coupon code COMICBOOKPIT. That's all one word, comic book pit. So visit thriftburg.com and check out their hundreds of unique vintage items.
0: All right. We, well, we said we wouldn't talk all about toys. True. Right? Because we're, we're really jazzed about toys tonight, but we're going to talk about comics too.
1: Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, I got one that I'm... I'm we usually don't do uh, new day and date books. Like We usually don't talk about stuff that came out the same week that we record, but this came out and I was really excited about it. Um, but, uh, blue and gold number one came out. It's, a uh, it's the booster gold and blue beetle team up book. Uh, it's a, it's a limited series. I think it's one of six, uh, written by Dan Jurgens, who's also happens to be the creator of booster gold and drawn by Ryan Sook which is pretty nice yeah he's you you know he you don't see it he's odd i would say he's such a talent and you just never know what he's going to show up on and it seems like whatever book he shows up on it's always some like like he could be on like if he wanted to be he could be on probably like the number one book you know because he's such a talent. Like he could be on any book he wanted to be probably, Yeah. you know, but I feel like he, he, he really enjoys these kind of like mid to low level books or characters. Like, I think before this, he was, he did a bunch of issues of Bendis's Legion of superheroes reboot. Oh, I think he, I don't know how many he did, but he, like he started the book. I'm sure he didn't, stay like stay with it the whole time. Um, but anyways, yeah, so I was surprised to see him on, on this, uh, blue and gold. And, um, I will say that the, I really, I I think I really wanted to like it more than I probably did. Although I'll I'll keep reading it. I'm I'm, going to give it a chance, but you know, I've, I'm, I'm torn because, uh, I've been a big fan of the Booster Gold, Blue Beetle friendship slash team up since it started back in the days of the mid 80s Justice League where it was, Mm -hmm. you know, the The funny. Yeah, the the Bwahaha, the Giffen, DeMatteis, Kevin Maguire. Yeah. Um, That was a very specific Period of time, and that's a very specific type of book. I mean, you don't just write a humor book like that if you don't have the talent to to do it. And so, you know, Dan Jorgens is a obviously he's a, he's a competent creator. He's you know he's been around. He's a he's a competent writer and artist, but I don't feel like he's you know, he's not top tier, like no one's going to sit, you know, he he's never going to be anyone's like, oh, top 10 comic writers of all time, top 10 comic artists of all time. Mm. He's, he's a journeyman. You know, he's got this mm-hmm. very workman like approach. Like, I feel like, oh, you need someone to jump in and write five issues of Aquaman called Dan Jerkins. You need someone to jump in and do a draw a fill in issue. Of Action Comics called Dan Jerkins.
0: like he's just that guy. You know what I mean? He's just. Did he write? Uh, I I wish Jared was on the episode, but did he write the? Did he write Superboy? Back in the day, too, or no? Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, so
1: he's he's he one of those. Probably did. He probably did at some point. Um, he was. Uh, aside from creating booster gold he was probably best known for his role in the whole death of superman event he was writing su- oh. writing and drawing superman at the time like and i think oh, wow, he yeah. was being inked by That's right. there was that whole superman team like jurgens breeding friends like they were all yeah doing superman at the time oh kessel okay but like I think, you know, uh, Jergens wrote. Oh, like like he wrote Green Arrow when it was rebooted for the New Fifty Two, and, and there was nothing great about that book. But it was just, but he wrote it. I think he can just step in and he can write a basic superhero
0: I book. Jergens, I remember seeing his name on so many books back in the late '80s. Yeah, it seemed like he was everywhere. So right, and and you know that's
1: nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, that's you know he's he's got a solid career, but he's you know he I would suggest he's older now. I mean, he's maybe like I don't know, like our dad's age or something like that. I mean, he's probably like an older creator, and he's but he's still he's still working, which is great. Um, but this book, it it (laughs) it felt like an older person trying to write young or trying to uh, write for a young audience because it was very so so, so the whole conceit is um, you know booster gold is he's always been this opportunistic character he's always you know trying to um, make a career or to you know find wealth and fame using his celebrity as a Superhero, you know, he's, he's very unapologetic about it, you know, and so now we, you know, we, we pick this issue up. He is very much, um, you know, uh, very embedded, let's say with social media in that, you know, he's got his, he's got this um, robotic for lack of a better term, let's call him a butler called Skeets. Who's like this little robot Mm -hmm. who flies around and follows him. And he's basically like a Roomba, but, (laughs) but he's sentient and he flies around. He follows booster and he films him and basically live streams him on, you know, all over social media and booster is trying to gain followers. And not only that, but like, He's looking at the camera and he's saying, remember, if you support superheroes and want to be safe and secure, be sure to contribute to the, to my account. And, um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and in every, almost every caption, you see his followers commenting and it's all, you know, like, lol LOL and people doing their internet jargon and internet shorthand Mm -hmm. and, and and, or people commenting on his activities or commenting on him. And, and it's, and it's very much like how the internet is, how everyone's basically a jerk or a troll. It just, everything just feels a little pandering. Like it's just too trying to be too spot on with look at me writing, you know, this uh, internet jargon for this character who's trying to be cool. But But it's like, you know what though you're you're a comic book writer that's trying to be cool by writing this you I, know? I think
0: the only thing about that like that I, I just remembered is that's how comics were written in the 80s too though like even then you're just like is, is some inner city kid gonna talk like that oh yeah you know, like cool. when it's just like you know you, oh no you're, you're
1: yeah you're you're totally right it, there's
0: yeah, like they don't, you know. It's just one of those funny things about comics because they're just like, yeah, I can, you know, I can write anybody, and then it's just like, oh, that sounds terrible, you know. Like right. it just sounds it doesn't sound like it. it be that person, it's
1: like Dan Jergens is that Steve Buscemi meme where he's like, "Hello, fellow kids."
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the the that's other what it feels like sometimes.
1: Yeah. So the the other awkward thing is because it's a story that's incorporating these fictional social media accounts, they had to come up with like names for them that are just completely ridiculous. So like instead of PayPal, it's please pay me, but it's spelled P L Z P A Y M E. Like, please pay me.
0: Yeah. that's, that's Uh, That's like a whole, like going down a well, like when people, when you have to create, you know things from real life into a comic book, mm-hmm. but you can't use the names. Like it, it's just it's a little maddening.
1: Yeah, and it, it just feels cheap. Yeah, it's it's like look, don't give me if I want Oreo, don't give me Hydrox. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so um,
0: the only one I can think of off the top of my head that I liked was in the Max when when Julie rented a Wee Hall. Oh, okay. You know, well, that's. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny, you know. Yeah. It's like you haul we haul, you know, like that was funny.
1: I feel like this is just it, it, it's a little different because it's because social media is just so such a part of our lives now that it just feels very forced. So like so instead of TikTok, he's got something called Nickdoc. Yeah. I'm assuming well so instead of Facebook, they've got f- something called Facebase. And yeah, see. I'm assuming this is in place of Twitter. It's called blister spelled with two S's and there was something else too, but it's
0: just, it, I think that kind of stuff like, I, I, I don't want to read that stuff either. Like I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to read a comic book to be reminded of social media. I think I'd be like, now I'm out. Like I wouldn't want to read it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and I
1: don't, I don't need to see like like one of his followers comments YOLO like I don't the do, do people no one even says that anymore. Nobody says YOLO anymore. Or if they do, they're saying it to be like ironic or you know right. snarky. And uh, like you know, aside from that, like I said, um, he just doesn't. I, I just don't know that he has the the comedy chops to write. Blue Beetle and Booster Gold the same way they were written back in the day. So it's like you can add You can incorporate some humor, but, you know, it just write it as a straightforward superhero story. You know, don't like it's they're just he's trying way too hard. Like I just he just doesn't have the chops to. Uh,
0: so what's your. So what's your final assessment, though, of the book? Like, is it a, is it a read or no read? It's like Ryan. <laughs> it's and well, you like the characters. Yeah.
1: For, for me, it's a read for blue for two things for blue beetle and for, for Ryan suck. Cause like, I mean, blue beetle is just one of my favorite characters and Ryan suck. I just, you know, you, you just don't see enough of his art. So I'm, you know, it's just, it's a great looking book. Yeah. You're sticking around. Yeah, I'm going to stick around for it. But at the end of the day, when I when I read this, I thought, you know what, I what what they needed to do with it was instead of trying to do this buddy comedy, they needed to to kind of um, go along the lines of Cobra Kai. You know, like like these two guys were, let's just say, like these two, you know, these two guys were hot shit back in the in the 80s, but now it's 30 years later and they find themselves maybe out of touch like Johnny Lawrence in Cobra yeah. Kai. So maybe it's them trying to get back a little, what they lost. You know, like, like if you watch Cobra Kai, like Johnny Lawrence, he's not trying super hard to conform to modern times. He's, he accepts it a little bit, but at the end of the day, you have to conform to him. He's not conforming to you. You know, he's still Amen. staying.
0: He's yeah, that's He's still staying true to who he is. Which you know, what's funny, like as we've been talking about Indiana Jones, like on off the off the air. But um, I, that's what I actually said is that is what's wrong with um, the Crystal Skull is that they put a '30s adventurer into a '50s setting, but they didn't let the '30s '30s adventurer win his way. Mm-hmm. They made it a '50s movie. And they should have made it in Indiana Jones movie, you know, where he did it his way, mm-hmm. which is punching people in the face. You know, like real simple. He's a simple guy, you know. Yeah. But ultimately, you want the 30s adventurer to, you know, to be elevated above whatever whatever era it is in.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's- and it's. Yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely like along the, yeah, that's, that's kind of along the same lines. Yeah, that's.
0: I, I was going to say, I do feel like, um you know, with Booster and Blue Beetle, I also feel, I feel the age with them as well. Like, I feel like they're characters that did not, that don't seem like they should still be young. They seem like they should be older. That's exactly and what I'm saying. Like yeah. where. Yeah. Where other characters like Superman and Batman and stuff, you know, they kind of reset them and you can accept it. You know, like, oh, oh you know, Batman's 25 again. Oh, OK. You know, like they kind of they gloss over it a bit, but they just, you know, draw them younger, you know, mm-hmm. smoother chin. You know, but like I feel like because you look at Beetle and, um, and Booster and like their long history of friendship, you almost feel like you can't you can't jettison the old friendship. Yeah right. so then they become older characters.
1: Mhm. You know? Yeah. So that's why I thought they should be like I mean minus the rivalry they should be like Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso like they yeah. they're still capable but they're older. And they're yeah. you know and 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 they've they've got the advantage of being superheroes for mm. 20 years, 30 years, whatever. You know, show them maybe butting heads with or trying to keep up with like a younger group of heroes or maybe or maybe training the next generation of heroes and finding the comedy in that. You know what I mean? Like the, the one of the funniest lines ever written was in Cobra Kai when he's like when he's trying to when Johnny Lawrence is trying to like like talk Internet speak. And he's like, put one of those hash browns on it and send it to the Internet. Yeah. I mean, just the like his complete lack of awareness about modern day and like you know, technology is hilarious and it's I'm not saying you have to go that far with it, but like that's I think that would make a much better story to read than this kind of forced comedy routine that Dan Jurgens is trying to write. So but like I said, at the end of the day, I'm still gonna read it because there are elements to it that I really enjoy, you know. And I, I understand, like, yeah, he created Booster Gold. He kind of writes Booster Gold to be like completely intolerable, so I don't know what that's all about, but it's it's annoying. So hopefully that changes a little. But
0: it does seem like no, you know, like Booster Gold might be the most unlikable hero. Yeah. In, in DC because he just having read some of the other stuff, like when they did... I can't remember it from a year ago where Booster Gold was set up, was framed for murder in that one book. Oh, uh, yes.
1: I—I uh, I, No, not Identity Crisis. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that it? I think
0: that was it. No, Identity yeah, Crisis think- was
1: something... Uh, this is something... Uh, crap. I'm going to... I got to look it up but, now. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, but basically... It just seems like boosters. Boosters just not. He's just not a likable guy because he does things his own way and he doesn't really check in to see if there's a you know like a moral compass. He doesn't doesn't seem like he has one. He just seems like he's like I'm gonna be a hero, and I'm gonna do it this way. And he mm-hmm. he doesn't really. He doesn't care if it's if it's hero if he does it heroically as long as it's perceived that way. I think. Like which is kinda interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, he does seem like an unlikable of the superheroes, he's very unlikable among the superheroes. <laughs> they either barely
1: tolerate him or yeah, they just Find him completely ridiculous, they or could he.
0: Play that, they can play off of that because he's just like, I think a like on the opposite. Blue Beetle is is a seems like a likable dude. Everybody probably likes him. Mm-hmm. Like he's invited to all the parties, you know, what? the Justice League. <laughs> but then Booster's like, and they're like, oh, you know, why'd you have to bring Booster? You know, like. <laughs> well, what's 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 funny is which makes for a this sort of fun dynamic.
1: At at the end of, the well. P- part of this story was booster and beetle, uh, saving the, the justice league from this, uh, these aliens had abducted them. And so they successfully, you know, save them and repel the alien ship and, and they're on the ground and they're kind of like gathering and like kind of figuring things out. And booster like walks away to say like, Oh, I got to go post something on whatever. I'll be right back. And the rest of the league, they're like, okay, look, we wanted to wait till booster was gone. We wanted you to, you know, we, we need someone of your talents and we would really like to offer you membership in the league. Um, and he, Beatles like, Oh, great. Uh, I can't wait to tell booster we're back in. And they're like, no, 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 no. We just want you. Right. They're like, we don't want booster. And, and right. Beatles like, I'm sorry, but no booster, no beetle. and, and that was it, you know, Whew. anyway, so that, yeah, like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll keep going with it. See what happens. All
0: right. What do you got? Um, and I, well, I don't think, I think cause it's been a, it's been a while since we've been on, but I, I don't think we've talked about the nice house on the lake. No, that does not sound familiar. The nice house uh, on the lake. Hit. Okay. The nice house on the lake it's the sleeper hit of 2021.
1: Hmm.
0: I, I, I promise you it, it is the sleeper hit. Okay. Um, you know, like, but it's by James Tinian the fourth. So, you know, the writer of Batman, mm-hmm. you know, the guy that is killing it on Batman. And he's also writing department of truth, which I, which I love. Um, which is probably my favorite book right now. Um, So I had to try out the house on nice house on the lake because it had his name on it. And I was like, let's, and it's supposed to be like a, you know, like kind of like a Stephen King comic book, you know, like a horror kind of horror, horror type story. And I was like, normally not my jam, but uh, I was like, let's, let's give it a whirl because something that, so I'll give you the premise. And, and also, it's it's two issues in, so I'm going to spoil the first issue. So, just warning for everyone. But if you, you know, issue two is already on the stands. Okay. Um, so, issue one kind of opens with uh, this girl uh, who's an artist and gives kind of like her. Uh, she's like the narrator, and she's. Like you know, I, I uh, you know I am trying to think when I met this guy, you know, and she's like talking about this guy that she knows, and this guy would ask her about the end of the world and how she would want it to to go, and he's like, and she's like, I don't know, but like over the years they would have this conversation about how the world would end or how it should end, and he's like always weird about it. Well then, he finally decided to invite uh, a number of people to this house on the lake. And he was like, um, which I believe that he invited 12, 12 of his friends or acquaintances. And when they got there, they were having a good time. And then somebody decided to finally look at their phone and the entire world was burning. Mm. So like, it's literally the apocalypse is happening while they're at this nice house on the lake. <laughs> and they're like, what? And they're like, this dude invited us. Well, then they realize that this guy is not a human at all. And like, it's like a, an alien conspiracy of, uh, who know. They're like these fourth dimensional aliens that planned out this, this end of humanity but this guy had a soft spot for these 12 people. And he was like, no, I, I I provided for you. But so now they're all just living there, you know, and they can't go anywhere. And, um, and that's the premise of the whole 12 issues. Then is like, how do these final 12 human beings like survive? You know, like what Hmm. do they do? You know, interesting. And, um, And, you know, and and also the mystery of this guy, like, why did he decide to save them, you know, if they were going to kill everyone anyway? And, um, you know, is this, you know, is it just another test? You know, are they, are they what, you know, because he basically indicated to them that they could live, they could live there. till you know, till they die of natural causes. And then that would be the end of humanity. You know, but he basically was like, "Now I like you guys. I'm gonna let you live." But, but I feel like I feel like he has ulterior motives. So I feel like there's actually even more going on, and why he picked these twelve. And um, so I was like, it's a it's a nutty book because like you don't know that until you get kind of get to the end of it that you're like, "Holy crap, this guy!" Because I had to go back and reread it to to see where the hits were mm-hmm. in the first issue. Okay. And and they do this like quick cast so they they kind of go down and they they cover there's these 12 people but they also earmark when he met them. So then like there there's like clues about who each character is. So the first issue featured the artist and then the second issue featured another character. And I believe with every issue they're going to feature one of these one of these humans, but like, so it still moves in real time, but, but with each issue, there's a new narrator. And I'm like, this is, this book's insane. Hmm. Like I was like, all right, I'm going to have to keep reading. (laughs) (laughs) And the art, the art's really good. Um, it's uh, someone I wasn't familiar with, but it's Alvaro Martinez Bueno. And he's also credited as co-creator. Okay. Yeah. I'm um,
1: looking at it. this. is coming out from DC. Yeah. It's like, cool.
0: And basically when, uh, it's kind of cool because the book start, he, he does it. He plays it very straight art wise. Like, you know, Hey, you know, this is just like a human thing. And then when the alien goes like fourth dimensional, it's, you know, it kind of hits you like in the brain that you're like, wait, what is going on in this? And I'm like, it's successful, you know, like in, in telegraphing, you know, to you, to you, the reader. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. Okay. And that's what I always liked about Department of Truth, too, is that it, it has a way of really getting like stuck in your brain and you can't, you got to think about it for a while. And I feel like this book does that as well. Nice. So,
1: Yeah, it sounds really interesting. I'm um, going to check that out. I, I did Don. Yeah. Did not, uh, was not aware of that one. So I'm gonna,
0: it was, and and that's why I say it was a sleeper hit because I actually, I'm gonna give a little shout out to, um, to someone that's, yeah, new to the area, new comic shop, um, which I forgot their names now. The, um, I'm not gonna give them a shout out. Uh, (laughs) You were that close. You almost got a shout out. Four horsemen.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. they're, They're from,
0: morgantown
1: yeah they're in the mall at robinson right
0: they're now in the mall at robinson and what was cool is well that book was blowing out because people were speculating on the first issue and buying it up i i just casually walked in there and bought my first issue <laughs> so you know because nice. i was like oh nobody knows about this yet so uh, but yeah i guess the first issue was a, a hot commodity because of the the speculation which is a still a problem, but uh, yeah, good book, recommended. Um, definitely a mature reader kind of book.
1: Okay, and, is that, that um, is that a black label or is that from that? Um, yep, is that it's black label? Um, is that imprint still running? That was it called like Hill House. Um,
0: oh, DC that was, was that.
1: That was from Joe Hill, right? Who is Stephen yeah, King's son, right? Hill's, yep,
0: yep. So I didn't know if that was part like of that, that or. Running. Okay. And I, I didn't know if that was still if that was part of DC or not. If Hill. Was it?
1: Yes, it was. It was. An, it was okay. an imprint published by DC, but it was called Hill House Comics. Okay. Like essentially, it was kind of a Vertigo esque. But I think right. it, you know, it leaned more towards horror because it's Joe Hill.
0: Yeah, it did. Yeah, I kind of got, I kind of got bummed out with the uh, the cape, like he did the cape, and it was very interesting at first to find out, you know, the guy, spoilers, people, but no, the um, that he turned out to be a villain. Mm-hmm. And, but then like he reads later issues, and then he's just horrible, <laughs> you know. So it was yeah. like oh, well, this is just the guy being violent now. You know, like, it's not interesting. You know, like, this isn't interesting. This is horrible. Playing out, like,
1: some sort of, like, like, yeah, some sort of fantasy. Like, oh, what if you were... What if you
0: got powers, but were, like, a complete asshole? That's basically what it was. So then, like, they show... Like, where in the original book, it showed him kind of descending into it. Mm -hmm. But, like, the follow-up book was just him being... Just eat pure evil. You know, and Mm -hmm. it was, like... Okay. You know, like what whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if you
1: um I don't know if if you're much into aliens. I picked up Aliens Aftermath. It's a one-shot from from Marvel, obviously, cuz they have the the Aliens franchise uh, property now. Oh. Written by Benjamin Percy, art by our very own Dave Wachter. Oh. And I didn't realize this but the movie Aliens like the sequel um with the colonial marines and all that like the 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 action packed James Cameron Alien movie. Uh yeah. this is this year is the 35th anniversary of that movie coming out. So they did a one shot kind of celebrating it and where a a team of people go back to that planet 35 years after the events of that movie oh. it's you know it's been 35 years since the tragedy of, of uh, ha- uh, hadley's hope which was that's what they called it but it was um the corporation called it lv426 it's 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 kind of a almost like an urban myth like what happened was you know this people were aware of lv426 then the next thing you know the the corporation, the um, Wayland Corporation, just basically wiped all evidence of it. Like they they basically pretended like it just never existed. Like oh, not yeah. like there's there's no no records of it. There's nothing. Um, anything associated with LV four two six is either been destroyed or hidden or whatever. So this is a, a small team of like rogue journalists, like whatever the equivalent is of like a freelance journalist is uh, in the year 2214. They're kind of like a, like a group of people that specifically love to stick it to the corporate, you know, their corporate overlords. So they, 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 they found, um they found LV2, four, two, uh, six, And they are, you know, they, they land on it. They want to find some, some answers. And it turns out there's a, uh, there's a personal connection. Whereas one of the, the, the nephew of one of the colonial Marines that died, um, in the movie is a character in this book and he's, he's part of the team going to check it out. So, um, So as you can imagine, I mean, things go sideways. I mean, it's just, it's, it's bad. I mean, it's, it's, it's just one issue, but it it leaves it open for, for a lot. You know, they, they could definitely tell more stories. The, the planet is completely wrecked because it was, you know, they essentially set off like a, whatever, a 50 megaton nuke at the end of the movie. Uh, So the entire planet is just in like this nuclear winter. It's, you know, just, and the, um, you know, when the uh, aliens wake up there, it's really interesting. They're, they're basically glowing. Like they're not the typical, like how we're used to seeing them, like the shiny black scaly, like they still kind of look the way they look, but they are, I don't, I, you know, I guess it's, they're radioactive essentially I is what I'm guessing. They're like this kind of greenish and they're glowing and it's really, it's it, it like visually it's great. It's, you know, um, Dave did an amazing job on this book and I'm ex- and I, I I think he's slated to do more alien stuff, which I'm kind of excited about, oh, cool. but, um, this was just, uh, yeah this was great. This was a, this was a fun, uh, just a fun one shot. Like I said, if you're a fan of, um, aliens, the movie, uh, this is a fun follow up. Yeah. And like I said, like it's, I think it's, you know, it's cool for us because we've got that local connection, you know, Dave, yeah. Dave Wachter. I mean, he's just, he keeps just, I mean, upping his game. Elevating. elevating yeah. yeah. He keeps elevating his game with every, every project. Um, you know, I, I still haven't had a chance to uh, talk about, you know, his, uh, his iron fist mini series. I, I think know. I, mean, I think I might've mentioned, like, I think I might've talked about the first issue when it came out, but I wanted to, I wanted yeah. to hold off and
0: talk about it. You know I haven't actually, and that's, that's on me, but I haven't read the back half of it yet. So I've only think I've read half, like three issues.
1: Uh, I'm the same. I, I was, I was, um, holding off until it was, it was complete. And then I was going to just read, like read it from beginning to end.
0: That's what I was going to do too. But it's,
1: uh, yeah, this, th- but this, uh, aliens aftermath, like I said, it's a, it's a one shot. It's a fun, it, it, it's a fun read. Uh, like I said, it, it has a direct connection to, uh, aliens, which is cool because, you know, I, I, don't know that they've ever, I mean, there's a lot of alien stuff out there, so I don't know if this is a hundred percent sure or not. Maybe someone can school me on it, but I don't know if there was ever any, anything that was like a direct follow-up to that movie. But if you're looking for something, this is it.
0: Um, I got, I think we'll probably just do one more. Yeah. That's like cool. I'll just do one. More. Cause while well, I just seen the time there, but um. But, uh, so I picked up Fantastic Four Life Story. Oh, okay. Um,
1: did you read this? Um, I believe I read the first two issues. Okay.
0: So, uh. Or maybe just. Uh, so, so I, so I really enjoyed, I'll just start with, I really enjoyed Spider-Man Life Story. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I forget, it was that Chip's. whoops yeah, Chip Zdarsky. Chip Zdarsky. Mm-hmm. And um, I really enjoyed his his telling of that, and you know, and like seeing Peter Parker kind of age through the years and all that. So like, I get into Fantastic Four, and it you know it starts in the sixties, much it, you know it's supposed to follow like basically the age of the comic books, but in in real time, you know, like in so they would age. As well. Mm-hmm. So like. I felt like they missed the mark on that Im- immediately. Which, by the way, that was Mark, Russell, uh, writing it. But I felt like he... He didn't capture that same kind of feeling that I got from Spider-Man. Like I felt like... Um, that this was just an average story. Um, and they didn't... Because like, I felt like they didn't characterize them very much. In it. So... I was like, where's, like, the hits? You know, like, where's the, you know, in the 60s, Fantastic Four, like, where, where are the big events? You know, like, where are they? And and they didn't really get into them in this book like I thought they would. Um. And, you know, I was just kind of like, oh, okay. You know, so, like, they're going to move on, you know, and I haven't read the second issue yet, but they're going to move into the 70s, and I'm like, well, they—I feel like they have to really make up ground already, you know. Yeah. Like if each issue, each issue is a decade, it's going to be—they're going to have to really speed it up, you know. Like what? But I don't know, you know. I just—I just felt like it felt very um, vanilla, you know, like a very vanilla telling mm-hmm. um, of them of their time in the '60s, and it didn't seem like it um it you know like it didn't i don't know it just didn't seem like they hit the hit the personality marks like i thought they should have hmm. so i don't know i was like kind of bummed but but that said i'm going to still keep reading it because i am interested to see where it goes because i'm i'm, in, I'm kind of invested in it as a series and i'm not going to judge it on just one book you know like i'm not going to be like Oh, it's out, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm going to give it, give it time to, mar- you know, marinate and see, see how it turns out. Okay. So, yeah, I guess. I'd, I don't know. You're yeah,
1: I, I, I see what you're saying. Cause like the, for the, sp- specifically for the fantastic four, I mean, they were the, in the sixties, I mean, they were the book that basically st- started the Marvel universe and right. so, so many of their formative years and stories were in the 60s. I mean that I mean everything happened in the 60s. Now I understand like in this first issue I think we get a I guess like the the threat is somehow like it's Galactus sort of like Reed has a vision of Galactus but at the, but he also in doing so like he like he actually a att- like what like he attract um he makes Galactus aware of Earth now or something because of it. So Yeah. But so now it's like, okay, so now we have to we have to wait for Galactus. Like but you know, so many so many things happen in the sixties, so it's yeah, it's yeah because so
0: it's kinda crazy. I guess because that you know like so they that's what it is. They tease Galactus in this issue, but then like, I don't know the dates, I, you know, I'm a bad comic book person, I guess, <laughs> but wasn't it issue 50, right? With Galactus. And like, that was about when he hit, you know, like it was 48, 49, 50. Yeah. Cause that was somewhere around
1: there because they introduced like,
0: so a
1: watcher Galactus. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah.
0: Right. So just if this publication came out, you know, 12, 12 per year. That's only four years of comic books. And, like, so I'm reading this one, which is supposed to be the 60s. Did, what year did they start? You know, like, it, or does Galactus not appear until 1970? Like, am I, I don't know. Like, I'm like, wait a minute. It just feels like, Maybe that should have been in there. I don't know. I can tell you. Give me a second. Like how much stuff happened in the first 50 issues that they couldn't even get to it. <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying. I know I'm probably just sound like an old man now, like yelling at things.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. 48, 49, and 50 were in 1966.
0: There. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is like. Why isn't that in the first issue? If, the, if you're covering the '60s, why isn't it in there? You know,
1: not only that, but I mean, they—I mean, all the other things that they, um, you know, Black Panther, the Inhumans, Submariner—I like I mean, Frightful Four. I mean, so many things happen in the '60s.
0: Right. They rolled all that stuff out like I want to know if if the 70s sucked for the fantastic four then the second issue should be that kind of give it that you know you're you're summarizing that feeling in the 70s then you know so mm-hmm. that second issue should just be the 70s like the first issue should have been the 60s but it seems like it's bleeding over already and they and they barely even really did any characterization they wasted a lot of time on their, um, you know, their mission into space, but just I'm just still like, well, that's just a retell of like the first three pages of, you know, <laughs> right. whatever. I don't know. I was just like, this doesn't sound this, like the beats don't feel right at all. Is what my problem was with it. So that said, though, I'm still gonna like hang in there because I want to see if they write the ship because I, you know, there's other things about the Fantastic Four that I care about. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to see how are they going to handle that when, when the four, the four are no more and they have the new Fantastic Four for three issues, you know, with a uh, ghost rider. Oh and, Yeah. Yeah, Like, well, are they going to cover that? Like that should be in there. I, I, you I, know? I guess maybe, in,
1: you know, with this format, because maybe it was the same, I, it's been so long since I've read the, the Spider-Man life story, but. I guess you you just have to kind of pick and choose you know for for this oh, for, sure. for this story format you just have to pick and choose
0: but if you think about for instance like Spider-Man though they were like they're like Spider-Man in the 80s they're like what happened and they're like Craven the Hunter so like that's what it was about mm-hmm. because you you instinctively remember that that was when Craven had his last hunt thing and how big that was And then, like, the 90s was, like, you know, Venom in the black suit and the clone. You know, I think was the clone part. Mm -hmm. That was huge. So, like, he also, Chip also went back and made sure that he referenced that stuff early enough, you know, to have um, the guy, you know, get the DNA from Peter Parker. You know, it's like when you're reading an older issue one or two of Of that one, you know, and then it plays out, you know, in the, in the right decade where it actually happened. Right. And it's like, that's, you know, so when they hit, and even when they hit the, uh, you know, the 20, like the, the 2010s, the 2020, Mm -hmm. it was a little more, it was a little hard to hold on to because now Spider-Man's like 80 years old or whatever he is you know, but he's still going to do the same things that happened in his book. Mm-hmm. The, like carnage is out there, you know, like, and, yeah. you know, things are going on with that. I was like, this is pretty cool. You know, I don't know if this one's going to do that. Like, I, I just don't feel like it's going to pull it off.
1: Yeah. I don't know. You know? I mean, I, I guess the only thing, you know, we have to maybe hopefully have faith in, in Mark Russell. Cause he's a, he's a pretty, he's great. Yeah. He's a, he's a pretty competent writer and he's, pretty good with, you know, taking something and flipping it on its head. So maybe
0: he is good at, he's a good, um, and that's what I thought too, is I thought Mark Russell had a very good handle on Marvel history, but, but reading it, I feel like it's, it's coming off very, um, you know, like a, like a overview, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of more like characterized, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll change my mind someday.
1: Yeah. Well, you have to you have to keep us updated and see uh yeah. see what you think. I so. I I, I kind of had forgotten about it. I I do want to uh I want to read the second issue because I I did read the first yeah. one and I I guess I didn't really have. I mean, I thought it was okay. I didn't have like a super strong opinion on it. Um, like you know, like uh, you have, but um, I thought it was just you know it was interesting enough for me to. Maybe, you know, follow up with another issue, but, you know, yeah. so we'll have to, uh, we'll have to keep an eye on it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, you know, hopefully we riled somebody up at home, you know, that's like, no, I really liked it, you know, so I don't know.
1: Okay. Well, um, I guess anything else or should we start wrapping it up? We can wrap. I think we wrap it up. Okay. I think we're over the hour mark, so it's Yes, for sure. For sure. Call it. Okay. Well, if you've made it this long, thanks for listening to <laughs> this episode of Comic Book Pit. Also, big thanks to all of our sponsors, uh, Pittsburgh Comics, Thriftburg, and New Dimension Comics. Also, special shout out to Colin at Pittsburgh Comics, and we just wanted to Say we're we're thinking about you and wish you nothing but the best. If you're in or around the, you know, in, out out in the South Hills, stop and you know show some love to Pittsburgh Comics and the guys that are helping Colin out while he is he is uh, resting up. Show those guys some love. That it's a great shop out there. So I mean,
0: yeah, go see uh, go see Pat. You know, for for the old timers in uh, Pittsburgh, you know, he used to run Time Tunnel <laughs> Comics. Yep. Um, it it was so great. I walked in there recently and to see Pat behind the counter again, I was, I was like, yeah, you know, like it fit, you know, <laughs> like he was like slinging. He's like, I'd rather be in the basement, which was kind of funny. <laughs> Cause, uh, but he's he was, uh, he was manning the you know the front the front cannons, you know, like I was like, mm-hmm. all right, so. Yep that kind of took me back to, that was kind of cool to see, see Pat there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Pat, you know, yeah. he was, he was my, my, my first, uh, comic book retailer and been friends ever since. So he's a, he's a great guy. And
0: I, I will say this is something I've been thinking about. Um, and, and it's like, there's like a hierarchy of in comics, you know, especially in Pittsburgh and like how, you know, um, you see the same people over the years and it's kind of cool to, to have that sort of intertwined, uh, you know, friendships with, with people, mm-hmm. um, you know, you knew Pat when you were young and, uh, you know, you still know him. I mean, yeah. I know him, I'm, I've met him through you more, I uh, probably more, more so. And, um, you know, and then to have, you know, it's like you, you know, a familiar face comes back, you know, from the. From the basement, you know, <laughs> to the to the top side, uh, so it's cool, and it's like, uh, you know, I think of it as um, like a pantheon or a royalty kind of thing, and you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, I we may or may not have mentioned it on the air, but we lost, uh, you know, one of the the godfathers, one of the the elder gods of uh, comics, you know, with uh, I. Oh,
1: with Greg, yeah, Greg Eyed,
0: yeah. yeah. You know, and I, and that's what got me thinking about, I was like, the dude was like, the dude was like Odin in, in Pittsburgh, you know, he was Odin, you know, and like the, Mm -hmm. each stores that, each store that was born out of that, you know, out of the love for the comics was like, you know, one of his children and, you know, the, yeah, it's just one of the things, like you look down and like how everybody kind of intertwines out of this, uh. Yeah, you know, this one for the for the media. (laughs) It's like
1: it's like on the on um on the show Lost. Whenever they would show flashbacks to how people got on the island, and they would show flashbacks to their regular life, and what what you what nobody knew is what like this one character crossed path with like four other characters, and yeah, yeah. they didn't know it until they got on the island. And
0: I feel like you know we both um. We both had the honor of having Wayne Wise, you know, uh, host our, host our wedding. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I the, mean? We, yeah. Efficient. Well, we didn't marry each other just to be clear. <laughs> we,
1: yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Scott, Scott and I did not marry each other. Uh, but our respective yeah. marriages. Uh, yeah. Wayne was, uh, well, he was the efficient for both of them.
0: And, and, and that's what I mean is like, it's like a royalty, um, you know, that like, You know, because we were like, Wayne's like comic book royalty, you know, Mm -hmm. but like in a way he really is because he goes, you know, what's his, his connection back to the source, you know, back to Ides and Greg. is like one step away, you know, like one, maybe one and a half steps away. And, and, you know,
1: and like everyone, it's almost like everyone has either been been friends with or has worked for everyone else. Like, Oh yeah. I know at one point um Pat uh like cool. Pat worked for New Dimension Comics and he was a manager of a couple stores and yep. And Wayne was, you know, years ago had w- worked for New Dimension Comics and then um recently right before the the pandemic went back to to work for them and then you know unfortunately then the pandemic hit and and that but like but everyone it's like
0: everyone well, it's has like,
1: worked or like i said or has been friends with
0: like if you, someone if you drew it up yeah if you drew it up like a family tree it would be epic you know like yeah. there's this like the the, the intertwined connections that are just epic
1: you know so. yeah like who knows like yeah like the who knows who and like the yeah like you said the the connections between people and I mean, and really, it, 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 it's such a small but tight-knit community of people, not like, you know, not just retailers, but artists and creators. And I mean, it's just.
0: Oh, yeah. Then there's. A, yeah, that's what I mean. Is then it grows out. You know, I'm just talking in retail. retail. But, then, but like, yeah, artists and, you know, creative forces, you know, that go on. Mm-hmm. Pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've and, and and we've mentioned it before, but I I think we're just you know this area is just so blessed to have the the community the the comics community that it has, um, you know it's and, and I'm sure you know there are other cities you know we're probably not uh you know not alone, but you know it's it's a good feeling to have that to, to know that you can walk into just about any store and it's like a almost like a uh like an embassy. Like you can yeah. like you can walk in and you know it's a good place to go, you know it's safe, you know that the owners are not jerks or you know dirt yeah. bags or you know intolerant people. Like everyone is you know, it's 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 a good area. It's it it's a good area yeah. for comic retailers. Oh, for sure. Yep.
0: Yeah, so sorry I
1: went off on a tangent there, but no, it's I mean it's a you know yeah. it's a good it's a good note to end on. We um, it's a nice uh, nice kind of way to end the show, kind of on a up like a uplifting note. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, um, okay, well, thank you for listening again to this episode. This is episode 386 of the Comic Book Pit. I'm Dan.
0: And I'm Scott the the uh, toy toy master general toy master general that's right
1: <laughs> thanks for listening and we'll see you next time